Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. If you put yourself in their shoes back then, I've just known like, man, every time I step out that door, I don't know if I'm going to see my family again. Simply because I identify or I am a Christ follower. And here's this beautiful little letter, this beautiful little word that Jesus says, look, it doesn't matter how bad it's going to get. I got you. I got you. And it's kind of how he's wrapping up this letter. He's like, look, I'm coming back. I'll be back. The early church in the book of Acts looked a lot different from most churches today. We carry the same message, but the methods and even some philosophies were very different. The chance of persecution and martyrdom was a very real threat that they had to face every day. In today's message, Pastor James is going to share the encouragement that Jesus gave to some of these churches. Jesus promised that he would return and that he would reign victorious over any and every enemy that we face. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 22 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. It's not your favorite sports team, whoever they may be. And I don't even know what sports are anymore because it's all like down the toilet as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't even know. It was nice to have football back on. That was kind of cool. But it's none of that stuff. It's not another individual. It's not even angelic beings worship God only. Be doers of his word, not just hearers of his word, right? Uh, Obey what is written in this book. Worship God only. Verse 10, then he instructed me, don't seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Well, that's weird. Um, uh, Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to live holy. Here's just the reminder for us. Hey, it's, it's right here. Like this time, this moment is like, it's right here. So, you know, the smart thing to do would be to make adjustments, would be to make adjustments, okay? Like within your life, like if you're a vile person, I would suggest barely stop being a vile person, right? (laughs) You know, don't be harmful. Don't be all that that is goes along with that term there. Uh, Those who are um, doing harm, continue to do harm. The sad reality of this is that people will read through this. There won't be any changes made to their lives. There's no response to the word. There's just not. It's like it has no effect on them at all. But what John is gathering or what he's, you know, kind of being communicated here to it is like, look, just the moment is now. It says right there, it's happening soon. It's happening quickly. It's on the doorstep, so to speak. It's like right there around the corner. The wise thing to do would be to, well, make some adjustments. Live as though it's going to happen any moment. Again, the sad reality is, and what we'll see in a second, is that, well, some people won't make any adjustments. They can read through this stuff and be like, eh, I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's like, well, that's not the point. The point is, take in the word, make some adjustments. Those who are righteous will continue to live righteously. Don't change in the other way. Don't go 
this side of things where you're like, well, it hasn't happened yet, so I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do and all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. Just keep following the Lord. Those who are holy, continue to be holy. Like, it's happening. It's like, it's here. It's so close. He goes on to say um, this reminder. We're getting a lot of these in this last little portion here. But verse 12, it says, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. To repay all the people according to their deeds. I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, Okay. So this is Jesus, again, just reminding us, like, I'm coming back quickly. I'm going to show up before you even realize, boom, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. So that's just another good reminder for you and I um, that, well, he is keeping track. He's keeping track. So it's not like a point system or anything like that. But you do need to be serving the Lord, storing up for yourself treasures in heaven, um, He's coming back, and he's bringing this stuff with him. He's the beginning and the end. That's the Alpha and the Omega, first and the last, beginning and the end. Uh, he has no beginning, essentially. I hope you understand that, right? But he's just saying, like, look, it's me, Jesus. Before you ever existed, I already was. Before any of this existed, I am, right? Like, all this earth and all this stuff he was very active within the formation and the creation of this planet. He's very active within the formation and creation of you as a human being. Um, and he's saying, look, I'm coming back, and it's going to be quick. It's probably going to be quicker than what you realize. But this is who I am. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm the alpha and the omega. The Message Bible, which I appreciate this sometimes, of just how it words different things. Um, this is what this says here. I'm going to read the same passage, Okay says, yes, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me, and I'll pay all people in full for their life's work. I am A to Z, the first and the final, beginning and the conclusion. Goes on to say, as we'll see in the second two, he says, um, as I lost it, oh, where'd it go? This is a common problem for me. You guys know this. Right there. How blessed are those who wash their robes. The tree of life is theirs for good. They'll walk through the gates to the city, but outside for good are all filthy curs, sorcerers, fornicators, murderers, idolaters, all who love and live lies. Okay, so not a whole lot different from the New Living Translation here, but I really appreciate how he frames that a little bit. But Jesus is like, look, I'm coming back. I got my checkbook with me, um, and I'll settle accounts when I get there. So that's kind of cool. Like, he's like, don't worry. You know, if you're worried about any of this stuff of like, man, I've been serving the Lord and all this stuff, what am I going to... Don't let that. Just serve the Lord faithfully. He knows how to reward those who are faithfully serving him. And when he shows up, he'll probably hook you up with some stuff that you just never even could have envisioned or imagined. The bottom line is not what you get. The bottom line of this whole thing is as you're tracking through this chapter is like, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's showing up. He's going to make things right. We already saw that from the previous chapters, chapter 19, chapter 20, when justice, when he brings back justice with him and all that good stuff. But there's a whole other side to this thing where he's like, look, stay faithful until the very end. And even when you think there's nothing left there, there's nothing, I mean, it's already been done. We're already in a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus is like, yeah, but you're going to continue to be blessed. Why? Not because you deserve it, not because you've earned it, but simply because Jesus is so good, and he's loving, and he's 
kind of wrapping up this letter as John's, you know, receiving this word from the Lord himself and is going to communicate this to a church that really is going through a tremendous amount of suffering at this point in time. Okay, you're under a very oppressive emperor who hates Christians and doesn't mind killing Christians simply because they're Christians. It's kind of cool that he wraps this up with this word of encouragement to all of those people, but then it also applies directly to us 2,000 years later, where the Lord's like, look, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish this thing. I will finish what I started, and you'll be blessed, and you get blessed. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve it, but he's like, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to repay. I'm going to bring my reward. For all those who what? Who've stayed faithful, who just stayed faithful to them. It's incredible. This is the way I was taught to study the Bible. Um, you put yourself within the story. Just put yourself in the story. So in order for you to put yourself within this story, it is kind of going back to that time period to where it's like, imagine being a Christian during that time period where you don't know your family's going to get arrested for being Christians. You don't know. You walk out the door, you get arrested. You don't know if you're ever going to see your son or daughter again, because you don't know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis, that stress, that overwhelming stress that these guys had to live with each and every day. It was difficult in a different way for them to follow Jesus. It's difficult for us today to follow Jesus in a different way. We're not worried about people arresting us or you know murdering you because you're a Christian. It's not really a huge threat or anything like that. I think a lot of our oppression and things like that come on the more of an apathetic kind of side. And uh, definitely spiritually, because I think Satan loves that, you know, loves to be able to get in and kind of mess with churches, destroy churches if he can, but cause compromise to come into them, to the lives of believers, and and just really wreck things, um, steal joy and all that good stuff. So it, being a Christian nowadays does carry its own struggles as well, okay? But if you put yourself in their shoes back then of just knowing like, man, every time I step out that door, I don't know if I'm going to see my family again, simply because I identify or I am a Christ follower. And here's this beautiful little letter, this beautiful little word that Jesus says, look, it doesn't matter how bad it's going to get. I got you. I got you. And that's kind of how he's wrapping up this letter. He's like, look, I'm coming back. I'll be back. I'm going to bring some stuff with me. You'll be blessed. Don't worry about it. Just do what I tell you to do. Be faithful until the very end. As he said at the beginning of the book, he says, be overcomers. Blessed are those who overcome. And each of the letters written to the seven churches, he's like, be an overcomer. How do you be an overcomer? By giving your life to Jesus, number one. That's how you become an overcomer. It's not by any of your efforts or anything like that, but there does require an obedience in following Jesus and doing what he says, faithful until the very end, not giving up. Verse 14, just to read it from the New Living Translation, does say, blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat of the fruit uh, from the tree of life, free access in and out and all that good stuff, uh, washing the robes. It's just speaking of this righteousness. And it's not yours or not like you cleaning yourself up or anything like that, but it's this open access, eating from the tree, just incredible. Outside the city are the dogs. 
the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. Not like technically like anybody who's ever said a lie, but their life is one of deception. They love deception. So what does this mean? They'd be living on the outskirts of the walls or anything like that? Well, no. We kind of paint that picture, but that's not technically what it's talking about because these individuals are not really a threat to those who live within the city, okay? I think what he's saying is basically this. We know who the ones are who get to go in, and then we know who the ones are who don't ever make it. The ones who don't ever make it are those who have rejected Jesus. And here's some characteristics of who they are, likens them to dogs in that sense. But the sorcerers, that's that pharmacia word that are like, they've given their lives over to this. The reference there is always kind of concerning like drugs, you know. Um, So people who do drugs, bad people. Well, it's not what that's. It's saying that your life is given over to that. So in our times, it'd be like those drug dealers who are distributing drugs and ruining people's lives. And they take full advantage of that. And they revel in the fact that they are taking advantage of people and causing people to get hooked on drugs and taking money. You know how that stuff works. Could be like speaking of that type of person. Basically, it comes down to all of these basically come down to those who love to harm or injure somebody else. That's what their lives are for. That's what their lives are about. It's always taking something from somebody else. Maybe it's their life, you know, or whatever it could be. But those individuals who fall within that category are people who they haven't given their lives over to the Lord. So I don't want you to walk away from this thinking like, so new heaven, new earth, and why are these people there? They're not. They don't make it in. They don't make it in. Anybody who has not given their life over to Jesus does not get to go. That's the other side of this new heaven and new earth. It's exclusive. Only Christ followers, only believers in Jesus get to go in. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. Okay, so here he's just proclaiming his authority uh, of like, look, this letter is coming from me. Here's the purpose of it. It should go to the churches, which we know that from the very beginning of the letter. Uh, there's his claim to the throne. You can do an old genealogy on Jesus and trace it back to he has the right to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, he's the bright morning star. Uh, it also says concerning David, I'm the offspring of David, which would make him the heir to his throne. Um, Jesus is just basically stamping his seal of approval on this thing and is also his authority saying, this is the one who you're receiving this letter from. It comes from me. It came from my desk, stamped Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, bright morning star, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. So there you go. Like, you need authority? Boom, there it is. He put his stamp uh, on this letter. Verse 17, switching it over there. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears us say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. So that's a bad thing. Um, I don't know if anybody adds to this book. I don't know why you would. Some people are just weird, I guess. But there's no need to add anything to this. Okay, The Bible doesn't need to be added to. 
And in fact, the Lord says, like, concerning this letter, if you want to add anything to it, then I'll just add the plagues to your life. And you're like, whoa, wait, just read back through. You know, the demon locust thing, yeah, that should be enough to stir. You'd be like, I don't think I want that. Where they sting you for like five months, no, pass. Just take it as it is. It's complete. goes on to say, if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share from the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. So I don't even technically know what that means. Like, I don't even know. Like, you get to go to heaven, and he's like, hey, hey, let me see. How many pieces of fruit did you take off that tree? No, put a couple back. You only get this many. Hey, I don't know. What we do know is this is a very stern warning from God to his people saying, look, what I have said, I've said. Don't mess with what I said. That's a good word for all of us. What the Lord has already said in his book, just take it. We don't need to adjust it. We don't need to take away from it. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to soften this thing up to make it more palatable to our culture and society. No, just take it. You got problems with some of the things that are written in this book. Well, then you got business to do between you and God. Take it up with him. Take it up with him. We encounter that all the time. It's like, but why? The word says this, and I don't agree with that. It doesn't line up with my, well, then you take that up with God. And I'm pretty sure he's willing to reason with you because he even told Job, he's like, come, let us reason together. Job, you got a problem with how I'm doing things. Let's talk about it. And Job was humbled because he couldn't answer any of God's questions. Job, where were you when I created everything? He's like, oh, I wasn't made yet. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You think you can do a better job? <laughs> you can't. So we just need to take the word as it is. We need to wrestle through and work our way through some of the Bible difficulties. But taking those and addressing those with the one who wrote it, and that's God. And some things, if you read through the Bible, I promise you, you're going to come across things that just don't make sense to you or you don't really agree with. But it doesn't mean that you take those things out. What it means is that you stop there and say, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Please teach me what you're saying here. Because the issue is not the word. The issue is our hearts. It's always the case. So don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Don't do any of that stuff. Verse 20, he who is a faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen, come, Lord Jesus. Or the word there is Maranatha, right? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, amen. We agree wholeheartedly with everything you have said. Why don't you just come back now? Just come back. Yes, Maranatha, Lord, come back, come back, come back. Please come back. And he closes his letter out with this one last little beautiful phrase. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. And that's revelation. So you get this whole like, climax of like new heaven, new earth, and you go in there, but then the very solemn, I think, reminder of like, hey, but here's the deal. 22 is that wake-up call of like, but hold on. Not everybody goes. Not everybody makes it. And if you're wrestling through this life and you're following Jesus and it's difficult, hey, things will get a million times better. A million times better. Sometimes they'll get a lot better even in this life. But for sure, in the next life to come, it's going to get a whole lot better. So Revelation 22 is just a beautiful little bookend to this thing saying, like, look, all this stuff is going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. 
But we need to be sober-minded as well and understanding like, this doesn't apply to everybody. A new Jerusalem, a new heaven, a new earth does not apply to everybody. And praise God, we don't know who those people are. Because that means that you and I have the obligation, so to speak, to share this beautiful gospel message with anybody and everybody. Because if we knew who they were, we wouldn't even waste our time talking to them, right? But since we don't know, and salvation is not within our control, we have this awesome opportunity, having read through this stuff, knowing like, man, what's to come sounds really sweet. So I want to share that with people. Let me tell you, especially in our little country right now, that is so divided. There's chaos, there's anger, there's hatred, so much hostility everywhere, everywhere. I mean, you say the wrong thing, and it gets you in trouble. You get you canceled, whatever. And it's just so much just pent up aggression, and it's just building, it's building, it's bubbling. Now's a really good time to tell people about a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem a new kingdom that's to come. Because this country we live in, as cool as it is and as awesome as it is, it'll never compare to what's to come. It will. It just won't. So let's embrace the fact that we have freedom to share this word with people, and let's get out there and say, look, I know times are difficult. I know it's difficult. But there's a whole new thing coming. There's a whole new thing coming. Racism won't even be an issue. It'll never be an issue there. All that stuff is healed. It's all healed. So there'll never be an issue. There'll never be an issue between which gender is better, men or women, all that stuff. Not even an issue in heaven. Never. Never an issue. Shouldn't be an issue now. It's kind of a stupid argument, right? Kind of dumb. Same thing with racism. That's pretty stupid to think that one is better than the other. That's nonsensical, okay? But in heaven, it's harmony. It's perfect peace. And it's not just perfect peace, but it's like perfect enjoyment perfect adventure, perfect journey, perfect all that stuff. It should fire us up, us believers, number one, to get us through whatever day we might be having today, but also to want to share that with somebody else and be like, look, just hold on. Hey, let's walk through this life together. Let's journey through this thing together because we know where we're going. We're headed here. So I'm going to take you along with me, and let's just go. We're going to live we're going to make it through today because we see that day coming. And Get out there and share that with people. Our nation needs it more than ever. They need it more than ever. And we really are, I believe, on the brink of it's got to be a revival. We're seeing crazy stuff happen in California. Our friend Jack Hibbs is out there dunking 1,000 people in the Pacific Ocean. Biggest baptism service they've ever had in the history of their church. All during a time where their state's saying, you can't do church. And they're like, watch us. Watch us. I just watched his service from last night. The place is packed out. And nobody's wearing masks. Like, we understand Texas is beautiful. I love Texas. Texas is so good. Um, and all this stuff. But in California, and I got family in California, and like, you can't even walk out your door without having some of these restrictions enforced upon you. And there's churches that are out there, and it's not because they don't respect the virus. They respect it completely. But they're saying, no, now's the time. Now's the time to gather. Now's the time to go for it because that day is closer than it ever has been. Now's not the time for churches to hide. Now's not the time for that. No, now's the time for the churches to be out there saying, look, 
He's coming back. Jesus is coming back. So let's get ready. Revelation isn't just a dream that John made up to entertain or scare people. But yet, I wonder what we feel about the last book of the Bible. John's vision of what he saw in the heavens offers many details and signs about what we can expect to come in the future. I take comfort in these words found in Revelation 21.4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Oh, what a glorious day that is going to be. Are you ready, friends, for Jesus to return? If you have questions regarding today's message, would you let us know by visiting breadforthebroken.com and submitting your question through email? We look forward to answering your questions and praying for you as well. There's loads of messages from Pastor James Grizzle to be found, so don't navigate away from breadforthebroken.com until you've perused them at your leisure. They're to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus, to encourage and uplift you as you navigate the storms that life throws at you, because we know how rough life gets sometimes. Are you looking for a church to call home, one that's genuine, simple, and uncomplicated? Well, guess what? You found it here with us at Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m., you can find us studying God's Word together. So, would you make some plans to come join us? We sure hope so. We trust that you've been blessed by this edition of Bread for the Broken. See you next time. Let me paint the picture of you, man.